It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you live on YouTube, live on Raider Nation Radio, live all over the globe on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Happy Friday, man. Feels like a Friday. I have my bucket of Modellos ready for 2 o'clock. My bucket of Modellos will be on ice. I put them on ice at around 1. I have the dripping wet ice around the bucket of Modellos, and then by some point today, I will have my bucket of Modellos and celebrate Friday Last week I was in Maui at this time watching whales jump up in the air. Now I'm back here in Vegas. Weather getting nicer, nicer, warmer. And tonight the championship game between Bishop Gorman and Coronado. Wow, basketball in town. I'm going. I'm excited. Ray Brewer, Brew Crew, longtime friend, unbelievable high school and sports insider. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. You better believe I'm talking about the state championship in high school basketball today in Vegas. That is really big. Plus, the focus of the show, happy birthday to Fred Bolitnikoff. Freddie B's birthday today, everybody, 81 years young. That's the focus of my monologue brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. Two happy hours a day, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Go celebrate Fred Bolitnikoff Day today in Vegas as we open up the show. I'm looking for a few Fred Bolitnikoff calls in the first hour exclusively on Freddie B. The impact that he's had on your life as a player and a person, I don't even know if I have enough phone lines for you. It's Freddie Bolitnikoff's birthday. I celebrate this national treasure in the Raider Nation, Florida State, Pro Football Hall of Fame, like a second father to me. I got one dad. My, my, my dad's my hero. I got one dad, my role model. And Freddie Bolitnikoff, I feel like out west here, he's the guy that I talk to every day. Talked to him today. Wished him a happy birthday. And uh, he's got a busy day today. Going to do a lot with his wife, Angela. So let's wish Fred Bolitnikoff. Get it trending. Go there. The Raiders already put out a tweet. Happy birthday to Fred. You know, all the times I've been blessed to hang out with Fred, uh, introduce him at events countless times. I always say, you know, the obvious. He's the Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl Eleven, right? Multiple Pro Bowls, Hall of Famer, right? The, the the College Football Receiver Awards named after him. Think of Randy Moss, Marvin Harrison Jr., Larry Fitzgerald, all the all the great wide receivers. Those who won the Blitnikoff Award, but he's a better father, father to his children, friend. And just a legend, good person, a confidant to Mark Davis and Mrs. Davis and the entire organization. And we should celebrate him. And I think we should do more of that. Now, I'm going to talk about it next hour, too, that when we do have Raider legends who are over the age of 70, 75, 80 years old, we should take the opportunity on their birthday to talk about them. 
right? We don't want to talk about people when they're no longer here. We want to talk about Freddie. He's going to live a long, long life, but, you know, we've had him on in the summer. His golf tournament's coming up. Uh, so let's talk about Freddie today and the impact that Fre- – what was the greatest catch you ever saw Bolitnikoff make? What was his greatest game? I saw AFL Godfather tweet out today the first game he ever played. The first game he ever played as a Raider was insane. I mean, the stat line was incredible as he came out of Florida State. Could have been a Detroit Lion, but ended up being a Raider. So if you look at his career and what he was able to do, he is a 1967 AFL champion, a two-time AFL All-Star, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, Super Bowl MVP, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And man, when you take a look at the impact that he had on my life and your life, I think it's incredible. So let's wish... Freddie B, a tremendous, unbelievable birthday today. And uh, let's get that going because Freddie's a treasure. He really is a treasure to me and to you in the Raider Nation. And again, a lot of people are coming in on the YouTube, JT the Brick, YT on YouTube, where you could see my brick backdrop. My wife did this in the house, home studio. She went to Amazon and she bought a brick backdrop here. So you have a nice backdrop here, got the microphones working. And we're on the radio today. A couple other things about Fred Bolitnikoff. Freddie's active with the team still. You know, he sits on the bench with Hunter Renfro. Sits on the bench with Marvin Lewis. Uh, He's welcome in the building. Antonio Pierce, coaches before, same thing. Once a Raider, always a Raider. If you get Fred Bolitnikoff to talk to you, if you're Devontae Adams or you're Jacoby Myers, and he can give you just a little bit of knowledge on how to toe tap, how to make that catch on the sideline, you listen because he made bigger catches in crunch time than any other Raider who's ever lived, with all due respect to Cliff Branch, Art Powell, all the other legends who played. Think of all the catches that Freddie B made that were game changers. And Fred had one of the greatest winning percentages in NFL history, winning percentages in his career, and, and just fantastic. It's great that this organization, and we're waiting for him to win again. We want him to win, and we're hoping it's coming Super Bowls, but you know Fred played in a lot of big games, and he coached in a lot of big games. So he is the backdrop of Raider history. So going forward, we're going to do this for Ted Hendricks. We're going to do this for Jim Otto. We're going to do it for Tom Flores and any other Raider who's getting up there in age. We can celebrate a 24-year-old birthday or a Raider who's 30. But I think on days like today, I make it Fred Bolitnikoff Day. JT the Brick Proclamation today in Vegas is Fred Bolitnikoff Day. Let's cherish Freddie B as we get going kind of a that's the show today I wanted to talk about Fred we did a lot on Antonio Pierce I'll talk about it more also throughout the show the Mahomes rules everybody's talking about it we we did a lot on it yesterday a lot of Raider fans came in and talked about that so today before the show part of my show prep is I call Phil Villapiano and we talked about this topic for about 10 minutes And Phil's really sharp. He's one of the greatest linebackers in Raider history. He's a Super Bowl champion. He says, as long as it's within the rules. You know, Phil played in a time where Raider players, like, really put their hands and made their hands stronger with wraps. Wink, wink. You know what I'm talking about? You know, gave a little little extra when the player went on the ground. Phil played in that era, but we talked about Antonio Pierce's comments. And Phil said, just play within the rules. But he agreed. The quarterback has to go down like Mr. Davis said in the first 15 plays, and goes down hard. So no need to injure Patrick Mahomes. No offense taken. The goal is not to injure him. The goal is to tackle him hard, hit him legally, 
and let them know you're there. And everybody this week, so not everybody, but Mike Greenberg at ESPN, my friend Mike Florio, a lot of other people are writing about this, and they have nothing else to write about, so they want to create some writer drama. Stephen A. did a segment on it again today, the Mahomes rules. I think it's good content. I, I enjoyed this week talking about this because it reset the coaching staff and the fact that Antonio Pierce is now the head coach of the team. The interim tags off. And he just wants to play a little bit more aggressive within the rules. That's the way he played as a New York Giant. See what the New York Giants and Antonio Pierce did to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl? Do you remember that? I was there. I was there for it. They hit Brady. They pounded Brady. Uh, Brady couldn't step up and throw in the pocket because of O.C. Uminura, Michael Strahan, Tuck, Antonio Pierce. They won two Super Bowls over Brady. And if you look at the combinations of their pass rush and their linebackers, the reason they won the game was the defensive line. The New York Giants won two Super Bowls under Tom Coughlin, who now consults with the Raiders. I don't know what his official title is, because the Giants' defensive line, without bringing pressure from linebackers, were able to get to Tom Brady. Isn't that exactly the plan to get to Mahomes? Without having to blitz, because he eats you up on the blitz, he just dumps it off to Pacheco. Travis Kelsey's open. If you rush four against Mahomes and Kuntz and Mad Max are getting to Mahomes and the ball comes out and they're burying Mahomes and knocking his ass to the ground, that's how they beat him on Christmas Day. Let's just do more of it. But remember, Kansas City has the upper hand in this rivalry. Kansas City doesn't care about the Mahomes rules. Kansas City just won the Super Bowl in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. They don't care about any of this topic. They're in Cancun. Matter of fact, last night, According to Johnny Katz, Patrick Mahomes was at Carver Steak at Resorts World, one of our proud partners, having dinner with a table of 20. Uh, what the hell's Patrick Mahomes doing in Vegas after winning the Super Bowl in Vegas? He's still here celebrating. So we got to slow this guy's roll, man. We got to slow him down a bit. So the Mahomes rules, I'm all for it. There were the Jordan rules. If you watched The Last Dance and you know about that, my Knicks. My Knicks were the greatest team against Jordan, the best team to play against. Not, not Greg Ostertag in Utah and Thunder Dan Marley in Phoenix. Do you know how many times Jordan got to the NBA Finals and it was over? It was over before it started because he had to go through the Knicks. And the Knicks would beat Jordan down. And if he went down the middle of the lane against Anthony Mason, Patrick Ewing, they would just crush Jordan. But Jordan was able to elevate over Ewing and dunk on him and win. But I tell you, man, Jordan knew when he went into the garden and played the Knickerbockers, the rugby style of the Knicks back in the day, that he was going to have a couple of bruises on him. It's Michael Jordan. And Patrick Mahomes is now officially the Michael Jordan of the NFL. So that was a big topic this week. And for those who want to still talk about it, got an open line for you. And to wish Freddie B a happy birthday at 702 365-9200, 702-365-9200. Or you can come in on the chat where we got a lot of people chatting. We'll do this uh, live chat on YouTube for about an hour today as we get going. Later in the show, I'm going to go to Sydney, Australia and talk to the CEO of the National Rugby League. Uh, They're coming to Vegas next weekend, rugby in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. I played rugby for four years in college. It was a fantastic experience rugby's coming here and you won't believe how many hotel rooms the aussies already have i mean australia's taking over vegas man 
They're playing at Allegiant Stadium in games that count, games that really count in their season back in Australia. So that's going to be pretty cool. We'll get into that next hour. And then uh, Ray Brewer uh, at the bottom of the hour on this Bishop Gorman Coronado game tonight. State championship. Look, my kids both went to Gorman. I'm a Bishop Gorman dad. I haven't liked their unfair advantage in town for a long time. I haven't. I, I don't like when Gorman runs up the score in football 70 to nothing. Never been a fan of it. But they dominate because they're able to recruit out of the state. They're able to do that, and they just won a national championship game in football. Hasn't been that easy lately in basketball. There's some great basketball here in Las Vegas, and Coronado will get their shot tonight. And I'm looking forward to going to the game there. So that's the monologue brought to you by PTs. Again, I want to hear from everybody on Fred Bolitnikoff and what Fred Bolitnikoff meant. The show started 15 minutes ago. It doesn't start 15 minutes from now. It's Friday. Wake up the Raider Nation. We got the Combine next week. Vinny Bonsignor, uh, Q Myers, the team's going to go there. We're going to have some good uh, Combine uh, content over the next week or two as these guys get in their underwear or their short shorts, and they run the 40, and they go through the cone drills. But the most important thing they do at the Combine is they sit down with the teams. And the teams are able to interview them and find out the type of guy they are. You know, you look at Tyree Wilson, why the Raiders took him seventh overall. I think he did a pretty good job in his, in his interview. He was injured. He was injured, not able to play. But he went through that interview process and the Raiders fell in love with him. One thing about the first pick in the draft, you got to love the player. And everybody's now talking about the Raiders going up and getting a quarterback. I saw some knucklehead online say, well, what if the Raiders aren't in love with the first three quarterbacks? What? You find yourself, you find a way to fall in love with Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and Caleb Williams. If you're not interested, you find a way to be interested in those guys. Then you got to really like Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., who's going to throw at the combine, we found out, or J.J. McCarthy. If J.J. McCarthy, out of the national champion Michigan Wolverines, is taken number 13 overall. He will be drafted by the Raiders to be the franchise quarterback, the first one since Derek Carr. When Derek was drafted, and Derek reworked his deal today, uh, Derek Carr had $30 million in dollars coming this year, reworked the contract as New Orleans always does that. We need a franchise quarterback in Las Vegas. Might be Aiden O'Connell. Truly might be. If Aiden O'Connell earns that job, more power to Aiden. But he needs some competition in the building. And it's going to be pretty expensive to go into the top three. And yesterday, we got a lot of feedback. A little bit of feedback on Russell Wilson. Let me clarify my point again on Russell Wilson. If you can get Russell Wilson on a very cheap, I'm talking very cheap deal. And Russell Wilson got so much guaranteed money coming to him from Denver. I mean, he never has to play again. And he had a pretty good year last year, really good year last year. And he's available because Denver couldn't deal with Russell Wilson. Sean Payton was too cool for school, just didn't like him. I broke that story. I told you that before all these other national guys, because I know some of the people in the Denver organization, they didn't like Russell Wilson. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe they didn't like him. They thought he was, you know, they tried to get rid of his personal trainer. They tried to get rid of his private coach. Sean Payton took that job in Denver looking to run Russell Wilson out of Denver, and he did. But what happened was a benefit to the silver and black 
because as Russell Wilson got run out of Denver, it screwed up their entire cap. They don't have a lot of draft equity. They want to go up and get another quarterback. Now, Denver's a mess. We need Denver to remain a mess. We need the Chargers to have some cap issues in the first year or two. Uh, Now that Tom Telesco's gone, we need Jim Harbaugh to be able to go, wait a second, I got to get rid of Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa or Derwin James because we don't have enough money. Yeah, I need that to happen in Los Angeles with the Chargers because I know Kansas City's loaded. Kansas City don't have cap problems. They'll fix it. And Kansas City even has an advantage over the Raiders. More players want to play for Kansas City's three-peat, which they think is upcoming, and play for less money in Kansas City because that's what dynasties do. Dynasties like the Spurs and the Yankees. The Yankees, for example, hey, you want to go play DH or right field for the Yankees? You're going to take less money because we're paying Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. We're paying all the stars of the Yankees, but you want to catch a ring. Yeah, you go play for the Yankees, get a ring. That's what's happening now with Kansas City. We in Las Vegas have to find ways to get free agents to want to play in Las Vegas because of the stadium, the headquarters, no state taxes, the golf, the lifestyle, everything. Vegas has got an advantage over a lot of other cities there. We've got to start using that. We've got to start finding some guys who want to play for cheap, kind of, kind of come over and help Max Crosby get to the playoffs. It's a big topic we're going to be talking about here in the offseason. So I'm ready to roll. Hopefully you're ready to roll. Wish Fred Bolitnikoff you'll feel so much better about yourself tonight when you go out to dinner, you go have a cerveza that you called in and said happy birthday to Freddie B. Ryan in Los Angeles starts us off on the Raiders mobile app. Go ahead, Ryan. What's going on, JT? First of all, I've been a fan for so many years of your radio show. Listen, I used to, I, I did a large chunk of prison time. I've been out for almost seven years. Mm-hmm. But I li- used to listen to you every day while I would be sitting in my cell, getting my dosage of, of Raider news. We're talking all the way back to when we drafted uh, Jamarcus Russell and Darren McFadden and those guys. That's how long I've been listening to your radio show, man. Thank I love you. I appreciate and, that. You know, I've been, a, I've been a supporter for a long time. Um, secondly, let me tell you, uh, I'm sick of this Mahomes stuff, okay? It's mm-hmm. not it's not Roger, as Mike Greenberg wanted to say, Roger Goodell could call the rest. It's not Roger Goodell's job to protect Patrick Mahomes. It's, a, it's the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs to protect his butt. We didn't hit him dirty one time. And if my memory serves me correctly, that was a mm-hmm. game we had zero penalties against the Chiefs, too, when we beat him mm-hmm. in that game. You know, I'm tired of the speech police and you can't come out and and say what you really think about football because the Greenbergs and the talking heads around ESPN, they want to throw a flag on just just the way a coach communicates with his Mm -hmm. team. There was no bounty gate on this. It's just AP being the coach and the person he is. He's used to physical defensive football that wins championships. And that's the message he's conveying. To, to, to the Raiders as a whole. It's not, it's not, we're not going to outscore the Chiefs. We're not going to get in a boat race with these guys. But what we're going to do is we're going to beat the hell out of them physically. Yes. And we're going to impose our will on them. That's the formula. Mm-hmm. But you got the speech police of the Mike Greenbergs and the Stephen A. Smiths and all these people mm-hmm. that want to that wanna, uh, find a coach for the way he communicates. To his team, let's all remember at the core of all this, this is a savage sport. This isn't gymnastics. 
This, these guys are out there putting their bodies on the line for each other, for their team, for their city, for the owner, for the coaches. Yeah, but my friend, and I don't think I don't think the coach did anything wrong. But there is you can only go so far. You can't, and he didn't do it. He didn't threaten right, he the did. quarterback. He didn't say he wanted to hurt him. But the league, right. the league can't thrive if every coach wants to take out a quarterback and say it verbally. And I don't, I don't think he went to the edge. But a lot of people think he did. We're all good with it here because we love the coach. We want him to win. But I understand why people have opinions about this around the country because normally a coach doesn't have the balls to say this. I mean, the most famous soundbite in Raider history might be Al Davis saying right. the quarterback must go down hard in the first 15 plays. You don't hear that right. from other owners. You don't hear another 30 owners saying that. So there's only a few people who can say this and actually mean it. Right. And I think you're right. He, he might have got close to the line. But not he never said anything that was out of no, line. I agree. I think, you know, it's the way he's a linebacker. He's not a Harvard grad. He speaks to the guys the way they, they are going to respond to. And what was so good about that game, <laughs> no matter what he said to Max and, and on the podcast, mm-hmm. is those guys played clean, yes. solid, physical football. Not a mm-hmm. single penalty. They didn't yep. go for his head. They didn't go for his knees. None of it. So I think the play on the field mm-hmm. can vindicate his comments because it's obvious he's not talking about I, being I got dirty. it. I got to run, my friend. I'm happy you're listening. Appreciate you very much. Thanks for finding me again. You know, that guy went to jail, was incarcerated. I used to do a segment on my uh, nighttime show, uh, JT the Brick Jail Mail, where guys would write me in jail, and literally I'd read the letters on the radio. Because when people are incarcerated, they listen to sports radio, and they do push-ups. And they, they listen to sports radio. And a lot of guys I made that connection to behind bars. And I'm happy you've gotten back into society and are doing great things. Greatly appreciate that. Good to hear from you. If you can't hear the callers on the live stream, you can't. You're here to listen to me. Uh, if you want to listen to the callers, you got to download Raider Nation Radio on the Raiders mobile app or listen on LVSportsNetwork.com. Look, I'm all for – I don't want anybody to get injured. I don't. There are some fans in all sports that want to see you want to play the other team when the best player's out. I'm not that guy. I want to play the best team at full strength. But I'm also into hitting the quarterback legally. That's the era I grew up with in football. Hit the quarterback and hit the quarterback hard, not helmet to helmet. You can't land on him anymore. It's very difficult when the ball comes out from Mahomes clean to hit him, follow through with the hit, and drive him into the ground and not stay on top of him. That's 15 yards, man. That's 15 yards. I'm not into giving a team like Mahomes 15 yards. But what I like to do with Mahomes is when he runs, a lot of times Mahomes runs the football and he doesn't slide. And that's where Mahomes has got to get blasted legally. He's got to get tattooed legally. Where If he's running straight ahead for 13 yards, that's why I want a mobile quarterback. I want first and goal at the nine. I want a naked bootleg. I want Jaden Daniels running into the end zone, holding the ball up, no one near him. I need a quarterback on first and goal at the five who can run it twice on his own into the end zone. That's what Mahomes does. We don't have that advantage here in Las Vegas. We need a quarterback who can run when the pocket breaks down and get touchdowns. That's what Lamar Jackson does, playoffs. You know who's the best at it other than Mahomes? By far, Josh Allen, playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowls, even Brock Purdy. Even Brock Purdy last year did a hell of a job with that. 
Raiders 66. Raiders 66 in Vegas on Fred Bolitnikoff's birthday. I know I'd hear from you. How are you? Yes, you betcha, JT. I've been waiting for this, I tell you. Yeah, that's the number I want to talk about today. Number 81, I believe that's how old he is. And uh, uh, happy birthday, Freddie B. And, you know, JT, I, I came across a stat, and it shocked me, and, and I, I think it will you too. Next time you see Fred, maybe ask him if he remembers this. Because um, they weren't big into numbers back then, you know. It was a job, you know, you're, make, you're making what you're making. But in 1976, Fred Bolitnikoff set an NFL record at the time. He caught 40 passes in a season, 10 consecutive years. That had never wow. been done before. Never. From 67 to 76, he caught 40 passes. Now, today, we're, people are laughing at that. Like, they do that in six games. That is, it ties in with kind of what, the, what AP said is the defense thing. Back then, defenses ruled the day. I mean, you're, you're talking uh, mm-hmm. the steel curtain, you know, and, and the Raiders' soul patrol and Mel Blunt of the Steelers caused a rule change in 1978 where you couldn't hit the receiver after five yards. That opened up the offense, and they've had rule change upon rule change after that, and we've got what we've got now. You know, it's a, it's a free reign for everybody. 100 receptions in a season is no big deal. But back in the day, it was that physicality that ruled the day. And I think that's what AP's comments are. Yeah, you're absolutely right, AP. We know the coach. We know he's not saying, you know, go out and name somebody. Mm -hmm. But people around the country are remembering the Raiders of old. You know, they're remembering uh, Ben Davidson doing a somersault helmet first on Len Dawson. Mm -hmm. They're remembering all the chief shots and everything like that. AP has got these guys playing aggressive but legal within the rules. Yes. That's what is going to surprise everybody. And I think that it might be a little psychology, too. They may be taking a cheap shot expecting us to do it, and that could be to our advantage. So happy mm. birthday to Freddie B. And, uh, yeah, quite a, quite a tricky turn for 10 years. Yeah, no, that's a great. I didn't know that about Freddie B. That's why I like to put callers on listeners on the radio who know more than me. And Raider 66 knows a lot more than me, Raider Mort. You know, a lot of callers here that are invested in the history of the Raiders, and that's a great stat for Fred Bolitnikoff. Freddie B was the greatest hands receiver, arguably, of all time. And there's been a few of them. You know, Steve Largent, who's great friends with Fred Bolitnikoff. Steve Largent, oh, my God, how great was he? Randy Moss, Randy Moss, Hall of Famer. Not, not, not a favorite of the Raiders, but when you think of a guy on third and eight that needed to go nine yards and catch the ball, and keep his feet in bounds. Who can you name anyone better than Bolitnikoff? Maybe Jerry Rice. So Freddie's got a big, big, big legacy, not only as a Raider but as a Florida State legend, and obviously a Pro Football Hall of Famer. I'm online. You can find me on YouTube. We're streaming. Uh, JT the Brick YT. It's easy to find. Subscribe and you get the show live. As we broke that out, and that's doing really well. Ray Brewer. We'll come up next from the Las Vegas Sun on state championship basketball. We got the Jordan rules, and we, we, I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his. Anytime he came to the hole, 
Elbows, yeah. feeling them, love taps. We touch them. We're in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. That's the Mahomes rules. I'm good with that. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Tequila Commissario, the Ferrari of tequilas. We're on a conference call with them today. They're thrilled that what we're doing for their brand, proud partner here of Raider Nation Radio, my good longtime friend Ray Brewer joins us ahead of the state championship game in basketball. Ray, good to talk to you. As you know, I'm a Gorman dad, but I love when Gorman gets pushed and has competition, especially in basketball. Tell me what's at stake tonight. Well, you're really going to love this year in high school basketball because there was uh, four teams that were evenly matched. All four of them went 9-2 and two in um, league play. They met last night in the state semifinals, and uh, Coronado wins in overtime against Arbor View. And uh, Bishop Gorman rallies late against Liberty to set up tonight's state championship game. And uh, this isn't the Gorman team that you're probably accustomed to. They haven't won state uh, since uh, 2021. They don't have um, much experience. They only have one player who had played in state tournament entering last night's game. And uh, Coronado's got uh, uh, some size, to say the least. Their uh, their top player is. Uh, they're, they're listing him at six foot eleven, but he's he, he's easily a seven footer. T. Bartlett, a junior, um, got all kind of scholarship offers, and uh, Coronado's already beat Gorman once, JT, and I think they're really going to um, be able to, to to make a good run and create a good game. This is great, and how well, I like to talk about the parity and what's happening here. We know the ability of Gorman to recruit and what Coach Rice has been able to do over the years, but I love the fact that there are other schools in the state and locally here in the Valley that can get great players to come in and compete at this level. What's been going right at Coronado, because my buddy Fred Bolitnikoff Jr., we're talking about his dad, whose birthday's today, was billed in the football program before he left for Texas. I love hearing this about Coronado. How has the program come along so quickly? So Coronado, first of all, they have a coach in Jeff Kaufman who's been there for, for two decades. And Jeff's done a good job of getting his team exposure. And it started off with taking maybe one trip out of state. And then next thing you know, they're traveling as much as Gorman all. It's the same tournaments that Gorman's going to. And uh, they got a player named Jaden Hardy. Um, and Jaden Hardy went from Coronado to the NBA, basically, um, during the COVID year. And that's just opened the, the gates for when um, we're in an era of, of high school athletics, JT, where the best players nationally are kind of handpicking where they want to play. And it's all based on this exposure in the tournaments you could get into. Well, guess what? Coronado's getting into some of the great events. Gorman's getting into some of the great events. And because of that, they're able to attract uh, the top players nationally. So it's uh, it's been really fun. You know, Liberty uh, won, won state in 2022. Um, they lost in the championship game last year. They produced Julian Strother, a local kid who grew up in that neighborhood. And we've got just some great basketball here, man. Ray Brewer joins us. So tell us about the venue 
What should we expect here in town tonight? I've been saying this. We've been friends for a long time. I don't care if it's UNLV basketball, Golden Knights, Raiders. This community needs to come together because we're now the entertainment and sports capital of the world. This is a big-time event here. You know, I'm, I'm talking the movie Hoosiers, right? I'm talking high school state basketball where I think the community at large should come together. People should be rooting against Gorman, rooting for Coronado, and just parents who can bring kids out to go get tickets overall and have a good time tell me all about that yeah well it's championship friday one of the one of the great days of the high school sports season and let's not forget the girls game centennial against gorman uh before and so there's going to be a ton of gorman people there uh they'll have uh predominant fans at the thomas and max center i love the fact that they're contesting it at unlv I love the fact that it's centrally located and people could equally get there from Henderson, where Coronado is, and Summerlin, where Gorman is. JT, what I don't love is this year the NIAA's realignment had created a super classification for schools like Gorman and Coronado that are doing real well, and they are not competing for the first time this year against northern Nevada teams for state. So usually we'd see a Bishop Minogue or a Reno get to compete against our local teams, and it would be this big celebration of high school sports, right, where where Elko could win a state championship, and then 10 minutes later, Gorman could be on the floor doing its layup line. And uh, we're not getting that this year. That's all up at UNR, and this is just the best of the best in Las Vegas going for a state championship. Ray Brewer does an amazing job, the best of the best, when it's covering high school sports, college athletics, all sports here in Vegas for quite some time. So nationally nationally what's going on with vegas when it comes to all different sports that you cover here what's changed in the valley over the last 5 10 15 years that's encouraging going forward especially for all of our listeners who are leaving california and other states to come to las vegas for an education and to play you know amateur athletics at the high school level yeah i i think vegas has um really evolved into a great youth sports city um, we were always good with baseball, right? Because mm-hmm. our weather here is great year-round. We had great, you know, travel leagues. We developed teams that, you know, nearly went to Williamsport. And this year we had a team go to Williamsport. And, you know, football kind of evolved because mm-hmm. of Bishop Gorman, right? The, the, the Fertitas built that great complex at Gorman's campus. And Tony Sanchez came in. And next thing you know, Tate Martell's the national player of the year, and they're winning three straight national championships in a row. But the one thing about basketball is we've always been this great basketball city, great youth basketball. It's, it starts when kids are, you know, in middle school and, and even grade school, learning the basics and learning the fundamentals. And if you go out on a, a random Saturday and stop off at a, a field for a youth football game, you're going to see, like, Vegas Strong, which is one of the nation's best, if not Mm -hmm. nation's best, youth football teams. You'll see Vegas Elite Basketball coached by, you know, two Gorman grads. And that's like one of the great youth development programs nationally. Mm -hmm. And so all this is just matriculating up to to the high school level. And what's really cool now is you see it, you see Gorman kids going over to UNLB to play. And and I think it's going to be a good pipeline to where. I mean, Vegas is just a great place to be right now with, with the Legion Stadium that the Raiders built and UNLV getting to use that. And, and now the playoff of possibility in college football, 
I could see kids just matriculating all the way to the top and, and having a great college experience and bringing some exciting Saturday nights to us here in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, you know, Ray, we, I, again, we went to big fights together and covered so many sports together as friends, and I just, I'm shocked that someone would, and nothing against Casper, Wyoming, or, you know, Boise, Idaho, and I just, I, I, I'm fascinated every once in a while when UNLV football or basketball or any of their programs lose out considering what we could be doing in this town with NIL. And I know some of the super casinos are traded publicly, so they can't put NIL money in there. Their investors around the world don't want to hear about that. But are we getting to the point now when it comes to D1 sports in basketball and football, the two big ones, that we should be dominating more. Again, look, if San Diego State beats UNLV in basketball, I could live with that. But I can't live with smaller communities and smaller towns that doesn't have what we have in Vegas consistently beating UNLV and other sports. I think are we getting closer to the point where these programs could be more dominant and we could be looking at top 25 in football, top 20 in basketball? Because I remember the day in basketball when we were in town and it was like that often. Yeah, b- basketball is a really interesting one, and I think that's the easiest sport to fix with mm. NIL money because you're only dealing with, you know, say eight players that really need to get paid. And you saw how UNLV stepped up to pay Deedon Thomas from Liberty, mm. who is just a phenomenal freshman and, and leading the charge. I think what you saw this year with UNLV football and Barry Odom is a great formula to have success. Um, He's the highest-paid coach in the Mountain West. He brought in players from Power 5 programs through the portal, and he is really like like Jackson Woodard, a great Mm -hmm. linebacker, makes a ton of tackles, had such great success. Well, guess what? UNLV got three transfers uh, in January from Arkansas because Jackson's like, hey, come come play for Barry Odom here. You got a chance to to play big-time football and, and, and have your stuff displayed so maybe you could go pro. And, and I think we might have turned a corner. Um, I, I, I can't fathom why somebody would want to go to, like, spend four years in Fresno or Reno and not come here. That was a great point you made, and I'm excited for the next five years of Cleveland sports, man. Hey, Ray, finally, tell us about the uh, tip-off tonight, how people can get tickets, how everyone can come out for the state championship tonight there between Gorman and Coronado, please. Okay, this is. I'm glad you brought that up because everything now, JT, is done digitally. So when you get to the arena, they'll ask you to uh, download the app. You get the app, and you go right up there and scan it. I believe it's uh, 7 for students, 10 for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, great night of basketball. Um, Gorman's, you know, one of Gorman's best players is uh, Jet Washington, who's a five-star football recruit, probably would be a five-star basketball recruit, uh, Kobe Bryant's nephew, um, and he's liable to go off for 40 points on any given wow. day. So it's, uh, it's, it's worth the price of a mission, and this is going to be a game that comes down to the wire. It will not be a blowout. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you out there tonight. Look forward to talking to you again. All the best. All right, man. Thank you. See you soon, homie. All right, you got a Ray Brewer, Brew Crew. I go back with him from my sports fan radio network days. And, man, what he does in this community, how he raises awareness for high school athletics, what he does at the Sun, he's fantastic. One of the great guys here in town. Happy to have him on the show today. Yeah, I'm going to go see high school basketball tonight. I'm going to go to Thomas and Mac and watch this game, and then I'm going to head over to Virgin to see my buddy J.O.D. at the bar there at one stake. 
Uh, no red meat for Lent. So J.O.D. is going to be very disappointed, but they have tremendous fish, tremendous scallops, and an amazing chopped salad. So I'll be a part of that tonight. <laughs> for those who are saying on my live stream, what was that noise? You won't believe it. It's live radio. I had my landscapers come in, blow in my backyard. I told the wife, get out there. My son, get out there. Stop them. Stop them. They're blowing. There's, is there anything more ridiculous elon musk is putting people to mars we're putting people in space with rockets how come we can't invent something better than the leaf blower i'm dead serious ladies and gentlemen is there a silent leaf blower this is 20 yeah it's called a rake i know it's called a rake but when they come and they blow and, and around and they blow the leaves around and they do that in your community in the morning on a saturday or sunday or a Friday, like it just happened here at my house there. Can't they invent something, Bobby? A leaf blower. Okay, again, we're inventing electric cars. We have aircraft carriers. We have stealth bombers. And we got men and women walking around with these leaf blowers, loud, blowing up the whole neighborhood. Can we invent this? I would buy it. I'd be a billionaire if I could come up with this invention, Bobby. Yeah, it's called a rake. Get out there and start raking. <laughs> I don't understand it. A stealth You take the blower. rake, you put it on the grass, and you pull it back, and the leaves come with it, and you do it again simultaneously, and that's how you rake. Yeah, I think raking, I think you're right about raking. But my, my guys who come through, and I've always said this because I grew up a landscaper, so that's what I did. My first job, I had 100 accounts. I had 100 lawns. So I used to cut grass on Friday with lights on my mower. And the guy that I worked with, we had a lawn mowing company. We had 30 lawns, then we had 50 lawns, then we had 70 lawns. But the problem is, growing up in New York, it rained in the summertime. So if we lost one day, if it poured on a Tuesday, all of our accounts got pushed back. And then by Friday night, I wanted to go out with my buddies. I wanted to go have some cervezas. I wanted to go out with my friends and girlfriends and have fun, but I'd have to cut lawns till late at night. And we had to put giant flashlights on the front of our mowers to cut. And that's how I learned. That's how I, you know, learned how to make money. So I went to college and my dad tells the story. I'd go to college. So I'd make money all summer long, all summer long. I cut grass, a lot of grass. And then I'd go to college and I made money and I'd go to college and the money would be gone in a week, one week. So I come to college, I rubber bands of cash and a little cash here and there. And then you, know, you get to college, you buy everybody a drink. It wasn't expensive back there in the day. We had $7 all you can drink at the in-between, the name of the bar, $7, all you can drink, everything, beer and all that, and the money would be gone. So I had that sweat equity all summer, grass all over me, sweating through T-shirts, cutting grass. And uh, back then, I think that was the birth of the leaf blower, and it's still happening in my backyard today. 702-365-9200. I got a rugby interview coming up next hour. Thanks to Ray Brewer. I tell you, if there's not a lot of Raider news, I'm talking sports. I'm talking Vegas Golden Knights. I got blown out last night. What the hell's going on out there with VGK? You can't get blown out by Toronto. I'll get into that next hour here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Snap, looking right, pump fix, pressure off the edge. Coach oh, no. has it, balls out of the turf, and it's at the 42, and it looks like the Raiders have it. 
and they do! Malcolm Coons with a strip sack, and the Raiders with Tyree Wilson on top of the football have a takeaway in Chargers territory. It's Jason Horowitz on the call, a Malcolm Coons strip sack. He's got to have another big year if you don't have to go out and get another defensive end because you have Malcolm Koontz, who's now developed into a premier edge rusher, and he's got to be premier next year. It can't be week seven. He gets going. Tyree Wilson's got Tyree Wilson's got to start the season off 20 pounds stronger, stronger, and just attacking. He, guy's a seventh pick overall. He's got to start. He's got to be an impactful guy. And with Koontz and Tyree Wilson and Mad Max, and then I know they're going to get a defensive tackle. 100% the Raiders are getting a defensive tackle via free agency or the draft. We've just been swinging and missing on a lot of these defensive tackles the last couple of years. I mean, come on. Anybody got the list of defensive tackles here in the last four or five years that have just been not a bust, but guys who are good on paper? And then, you know, even Mo Hurst. Ended up going somewhere else and playing defense. We got to find, we the season ticket holders need defensive tackles who can stay on the field, who are athletic, who are not huffing and puffing and need, need a water break after one play. You got to have some impact guys here, man. Tom Telesco's got to get us a defensive tackle that could come in and dominate. JT, back with you. Uh, Bobby, play the Mike Greenberg one more time before the top of the hour. This uh, We had time. We'll do it next hour. Mike Greenberg said something that I want to get to there. And next hour, we'll talk a little bit of rugby. I want to get into Josh Jacobs and free agency and what could it mean for him being tagged or not. And then we'll dive into what I think is going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks is free agency. I'm big on NFL free agency, only when the Raiders have money, and they have money now. So go get some free agents. Let's get some free agents who can play, who can step in and start. I have some news on Max Crosby's foundation coming up. I was talking to his agent today on how we can help out Max going forward, which is going to be a lot of fun as we continue that. And it's Freddie Bolitnikoff's birthday. So before I come back next hour, I'd like everybody to go on Raiders social media retweet or find something on Fred Bolitnikoff and try to get it going, trending on Fred Bolitnikoff's 81st birthday today, man. 81 for Freddie B, who's just a godfather on the Mount Rushmore of all-time Raiders. People often ask me who's who I think is the greatest Raider of all time. Ooh, tough one. I usually say Bolitnikoff and Otto. Out of respect to Bolitnikoff and Otto, two of the elder statesmen who were great and Hall of Famers. All right, we'll continue on. We'll talk about this rugby event. We'll thank all of our partners, and we'll do another hour. And thanks for everybody who's listening and watching on the YouTube stream, which we're really excited that we've launched here over the last couple of weeks.